to our home libraries for this year's final episode of Spooky Season. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, Ghost 19, which is a short story by Simone St. James, one of Carrie's favorite horror slash thriller writers. Love (laughs) this horror writer. She's so great. Yes. So Carrie, as you've heard probably on some of the past episodes, Carrie bombed through a bunch of Simone St. James novels and then saw that this short story was coming out. We thought it would be a really fun one to throw in for spooky season, especially because it's a shorter one. I feel like you could read it really quick in one setting if you wanted, which is a, yeah, I think it was 111 pages. Yes. Pretty short. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be fun to have short things. Yes. I think is where you're going. That's exactly (laughs) my point. It's nice to have like low pressure. We've read some really large books this year. So it's nice to have one of these quick ones. Um, I read this in in one sitting. It was a lot of fun. And we're going to be ruining this one for you as usual. So if you want to read it, go do that. Then come on back. And as always, um, listen to anything else we have on our channel and on our podcast. This is the end of Spooky Season. So we have three other spooky books that we read. So if you're into anything like that, check it out. And as everyone who maybe listened last season knows, I'm usually pretty... I was resistant to spooky season, but it's a lot of fun. So if if you are resistant... (laughs) I think I've turned you around. I think so, too. I think I've turned you around to the spooky genre. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know... It's worth it. Yeah. Try something. And this one's really fun because it's a short one. So, like, dip your toe in the pond with this one. So... Yeah. And if you do read this and you end up loving it, I highly recommend... The Sundown Motel. I read that back in Mystery March, so if you watched that vlog on YouTube, you would have heard me talk about that a little bit. That's probably my favorite one that I've read so far, and I think I've read like six of her books <laughs> as of now. So I want to read that um, one yeah, too, I, and I started it, but um, my husband's gone for work right now, and I do need... It is kind of... It is yeah, I need, yeah, I need um, you know someone else with me. She's definitely more on the horror side of the mystery. It's not a mystery thriller. It's definitely horror. Yeah. So, just a keep that in mind if, for that if one. you are. Yeah, for sure. So this one we meet Jeanette, and as a result of a mental breakdown, she has left her fast-paced acting life in New York City and rented a house in the small town of Merrittville to basically isolate herself during her recovery. She kind of becomes obsessed with watching her neighbors. She's a people watcher. She has even given them names. Okay, so Mr. Elias, he spends a whole... Yeah, yeah, she doesn't know their names at all. Mr. Elias spends his entire day sitting in front front of a typewriter. Trixie, she plays with dolls in her backyard. And the Lowells are an affectionate, newlywed couple. And this changes when Mr. Lowell's mother moves in. And Jeanette notices that there's this man standing outside watching Mr. Lowell's mother. Um, And since Jeanette can't seem to sleep, she sees the mother walking in the alleyway between their houses in the middle of the night. Like, specifically, 3 a.m., which those of us who read horror a lot, we know that that is the devil's hour, okay? (laughs) I happen to wake up between the hours of 3 and 4 pretty often, and it's spooky. You know, I wish I could change it. (laughs) But the second time, (laughs) the second time this happens, Jeanette sees Mr. Lowell's mother. The mysterious man is following her. And Jeanette kind of gets this feeling that 
the mother is just no longer living, and that this mysterious man actually isn't a man. He's something much worse. But Jeanette can't seem to leave the house. Anytime she tries to make for the front door, she is overwhelmed by nausea and this voice in her head that repeatedly screams, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay, uh, so is Jeanette seeing, like, is this man a ghost? Um, is this part of this psychotic break that led her here? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> it, it's fun because it, it's, again, something similar we've seen in some horror books we've read in the past, where it's, can we trust our narrator? Yeah, you, you question. Mm -hmm. You question whether what she's seeing is, is real. Because she is, like, very earnest about things, and, and you do, like, believe her, but then you also know that she had to leave her life in New York City. They had her, like, on pills. Mm -hmm. Like, you just start questioning, like, what what is real? But her fear of leaving the house is very real. She, like, she can't. It's like something is mm -hmm. keeping her there. So. Yeah, it's really interesting because she started sleeping in the bedroom. And then she felt like someone was in there and like she would hear footsteps and things like that. So she ended up in the living room. So she goes down and she tries to sleep in the living room, uh, does that for like a day. And then she literally doesn't sleep like for the rest of the story. She doesn't sleep at all. And it does kind of go back and forth in terms of timeline from like present day to, you know, six days ago or three days ago or two hours ago kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we, we don't really know what's going on with her and sure maybe is. her inability to sleep is leading to her seeing these things because we know that sleep is very important for your brain. Yeah. So what did you what did you think? How did you rate this? What would your review be? I gave it a middle of the road. I said three out of five stars. Um, or I guess ghosts, maybe we'll do. <laughs> I really like Simone St. James's writing. I thought the story, like, it hooks you in. You're quick to mm -hmm. read it. But my problem is, and it's, it's, I feel weird saying this because I was saying that I enjoyed, like, a shorter story, like, 111 pages. It's nice. But I really wanted, like, to see more of the police officer. I said the same Thing. Yeah, like I liked. I said the yeah, thing. I really liked um, Jeanette's relationship with. I'm blanking on the name of the boy that did the grocery delivery, but they kind of had this like connection. They became friends. He was worried about her, and then we see her relationship with the police officer that's investigating it. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to see more about those relationships. So that's why mm -hmm. I rated a middle of the road. I just wanted a little more. Yeah, I also gave it three out of five. And I'll preface this by saying I love Simone St. James. Yeah. Every other book that I have read from her has been like four or five stars. I really do love it. But this story felt a little bit less developed. I, I just really think I would have liked this in a longer format because Simone St. James does really great things with suspense mm. and foreshadowing. But when you only have 100 pages, like there's not – you can't do a whole lot of foreshadowing with that. And you can only build so much suspense before you have to reveal yeah, the conclusion of the plot. So I don't know. I just wanted, I guess I wanted to be scared for longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the same thing. Like there were definitely spooky elements and there are ghosts and it, it's, it's a good, like 
novella, but you did want a little more maybe. But that's like, I feel like that's the hard part of writing a short story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You can't, if you develop the plot too much, then it gets like it's not a short then it's story. Novel. Yeah. Yeah. But all in all, I get good. it. But I don't get it. Like, I just. <laughs> still, still good. I just, I need her to release something every month. Like, that's what I really need from Simone St. James. <laughs> Even though that's, like, not possible to write a book a month. Maybe it is. Who knows? Stephen King doesn't. <laughs> yeah, geez. Anyway, uh, I came up with most of these questions, but I had a few sprinkled in that are from mysteryandsuspense.com, and I'll link that website in the description. But we'll start by, you know, I have really hyped up Simone St. James to Kayla, and I guess to you guys a little bit. Uh, Kayla, what kind of expectations did you have going into this story, and did it live up to my hype (laughs) yeah so i will say that everyone needs a friend like carrie because she is good at knowing what i will like i feel like you're very i don't know what word i'm looking for but you do try to think about what it is that you already know i like and what you're currently reading you are great at like saying like hey i read this i think you would like it and then i know that there's Mm -hmm. other books that you are reading that you don't even let me know about because you know I just wouldn't probably love it as much as you. So I explicitly trust your judgment in books. If you're telling me something, I trust it. Yeah, it's the truth. So I knew I was going to like this one, and I did. Her writing style is compelling. It reads quick, um, and it made me want to read more by her. So I feel like it lived up to your hype. And like, Again, giving it a three out of five stars, it was really just because I wanted more. So, like, is that even fair to, like, say? (laughs) It's time to just, like, dig your toes in the sand and get into this Sundown Motel. I will. I will. I just need my husband. I highly equate that book to The Shining, Mm. but, like, with more of a true crime feel to it. But, like, you liked The Shining, right? I did like The Shining a lot. Yeah, so you'll like the Sundown Motel. I know I I told my dad the same thing, because my dad really likes Stephen King. So I said, Dad, you need to try Simone St. James. You will not regret it. No, I agree. (laughs) I know this, and I I just need, um, like I said, to have my husband back. And then I'll read it. (laughs) Simple. She she doesn't want to be scared by herself, is what she's saying. Exactly, and that's fine. She doesn't want to be scared with just the baby. (laughs) (laughs) What were the things that you would say that you liked most about Ghost 19? Uh, the main character, Jen. I really liked her. Because it's like, can we trust her? Is she mad? Is she seeing visions? She had such an interesting life beforehand. Like, every little nugget we learned about her, I liked. Mm-hmm. It was so funny because, I'm, I don't remember his name either, but the boy who brought her the groceries, he, at one point... Um, like, went next door to the Lowell's house and came back, and he was like, I saw a name on the mailbox. And she was like, no, 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 don't tell me. They're the Lowell's. Let me live (laughs) in this. Lowell's. Yeah, let me live in this. (laughs) That was good. It was cute. It was funny. And then at at the end, she, like, learned some of their names, and she's over here like, damn it. (laughs) I wanted it to be in my head. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay, so I agree that that part was funny, but I'm just going to jump a little bit before we get into your favorite parts. 
the next question is what's your least favorite part of this about the story and it did kind of bug me that she like made up these names and then wasn't interested in like learning the real names i don't know why because knowing them yeah, yeah like i get like she was living in this fantasy world but they really are people so like at some point yeah. it might be nice to know your neighbors so that kind of bugged me but like but at the it. same time, she did view this as temporary. like a temporary situation. Like, she was just having a breakdown. She was going to recover, and then she was going to move on with her life. She wasn't going to stay in this house forever. forever. So, I mean, I do not... I, I know one of my neighbors. I live in an apartment complex. I know one of them. And that's just because every time they're sitting outside and I drive up, they talk to me. Yeah. But, like, I don't know any of my other neighbors' names. But I also don't make up names for them. <laughs> So what was your favorite and least favorite part? I think my favorite part was how it started because you're really like thrown into this moment where she's experiencing a lot of terror mm. and you're not sure if, I mean, initially I thought that it was because like someone was in the house, you know, because why else would you be sitting on the kitchen floor holding a knife unless there was someone in the house and you were scared they were going to come after you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and we have to like go into the past a little bit to actually learn why she is starting this way, yeah. why this book started that way. Um, so I really liked the way that it started. Um, I wasn't super thrilled with how it ended, mm. but that's mostly because it kind of felt like abrupt. Like a quick ending, yeah. For an ending. And I understand it's a short story. There is only so much you can do to resolve the story but like as i keep saying I, ju I just wanted more of it and I, I didn't want it to be over so that was my favorite and least favorite thing about this book fair enough so we've touched upon it now we've taught we've thrown around the genres of like thrillers and horrors and all that how what do we think is the distinction between the two i think that the biggest difference is how it engages your imagination so like Stephen King has been quoted as saying that horror makes you question yourself mm. while thrillers you just kind of like question like what's happening in the story yeah. it's like it's like a secluded thing it has nothing to do with you mm, I can right? see that um yeah so I I think horror is a lot more imagination and I think it can kind of like permeate your own life a little bit more yeah whereas thrillers it's it's more of like a realistic story with this edge of suspense yeah i totally agree with that and i and i feel like we've talked about it especially with stephen king but he does in his novels and i feel like it's the same with simone st james where there's some sort of like supernatural element and it's like just on this side of like it could yeah, be real. exactly plausible mm-hmm that that could be real. So, and that is a distinction that I think was my kind of like enlightened moment with these with the genre of horror because for some reason, and I feel like maybe it's because of like movies nowadays, but I always feel like horror has like a lot of gruesome scenes. Yeah, but in movies for in sure. In movies, but in a lot of these books that's not quite what we get. Like yes, there's maybe like in The Shining the description of, like, the body that Danny sees in the room. You know, not great, like, reading that, but it, it didn't feel like, super violent. 
which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought, again, I think because of movies, like I thought there'd be like more gruesome scenes and that's not really the case. And that was a big hesitancy for me. So I like your description very much. And I feel like that maybe hopefully will help anyone out there that's maybe on the fence about reading horror. And then yeah. in regards to thrillers, exactly what you said, but for some reason I also, it jumps to my mind more of crimes, like true crime. I feel like we see a lot of that right now with thrillers. That's kind of like the very popular version of thrillers currently. Yeah. And Simone St. James does a really, a really good job with that. And um, I think that's more like a recent development mm. in her stories because I went back and I read one that published in, I think like 2018 and that was more of like a, like they were ghost hunters, like they were paranormal investigators type thing. Okay. And then there wasn't, I mean, there was kind of like a crime involved in the ghost's death, but they weren't really actively investigating the crime. They were trying to investigate the ghost and then like found out that crime was involved. But what I will say about what, another big difference that I see between horror and thriller is that like, so I don't know, Kayla or anybody who's listening, let us know on Instagram. Have you ever had the feeling you're walking down the hall at night, the light is on and you turn the light off and you feel like you have to run mm. to the room that has a light because like something is back there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and I feel like when I, when I read horror, that's the kind of feeling that I get. And especially a lot of the Simone St. James books, I stay up all night, like finishing this book. Like I'll stay up super late. And then it's like, four o'clock in the morning and I'm like oh shit I can't turn my my light off because (laughs) there could be a ghost you know so it's that kind of thing like it makes you question your own reality because you've read yeah this thing yeah that's definitely what horror is and that really proves I feel like the power of Simone St. James's writing um I need to experience more of it but that when you're even when you're done with the book, you still feel like that. You feel like you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get the chills and you feel like something is watching you. That's why this door right here, I have that I have a door. It's closed. I would never, ever leave a door that is behind me open when I cannot see it. Uh Uh-uh. No, sir. Nope. There you go. Something's back. You know what I mean? Something's back there. (laughs) Nope. Not for me. So for Ghost 19, do we view it as a horror or a thriller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I feel like yeah, it's Yeah, it made me paranoid. It's bold. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like there is innately an aspect of thriller In inside horror. of horror. Yeah. But, you know, thrillers... Don't, don't necessarily have horror, horror in them. If there's horror in there, it's horror. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. But um, yeah, I definitely read this at night. It was dark. My husband was asleep and all I had was the iPad light, right? And, you know, there were instances that I had to keep like glancing up at the door because I like thought I was hearing things sure. outside of the bedroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's horror. That's what it does. If you don't like that feeling then, you know, maybe don't pick up horror. But yeah, if you're interested in seeing what that's like, then Simone St. James is a good place to start. I and think. this one is a quick one. So mm-hmm. might be a good way to dip your toe in, as I mentioned. Yeah. So how important do you think the setting is in this story? The, the house is an entire character. 
Yeah, it is. So for sure. that was like the story. That was the reason that was keeping Jin there. And it, it, we can tell like that, or at least how I felt that I was thankful that the character Jin was strong enough to combat the house and to help. Hmm. Um, oh, I think I remember now that the names were Ian and Andrew, but I don't remember which was the cop and which was the grocery boy. I think Andrew was the kid. Okay. And Ian was the... Yeah, I think. But with the help of them, so like having people in her corner and her being a strong person, even though it felt like the world was trying to take her down in a way, like they put Mm -hmm. her in the hospital. But it was more because I feel like it was that time frame where she was like the strong woman and that is sometimes what could happen. So, yeah, the setting is hugely important in this novel. Yeah, the whole story takes place in the house in one setting, which I also yeah. you only ever see the outside from the window. Yeah, and I love that trapped room feeling in books. Mm-hmm. So, like in Mystery March, mm-hmm. I talked about that for um, a Sherlock Holmes short story. But I feel like trapped room novels really add this element of like suspense. Um, so it was fun mm-hmm. to see it play out in this one. You know that whole trapped room thing it makes me wonder. Obviously, many people like that scenario. I mean, that's like the entire premise behind escape rooms mm-hmm. is that you're trapped in this room and you have to figure out how to get out, right? But we also have this like, like it feels like a a race against time. Like this mysterious man is following the neighbor's older mother mm-hmm. and... Towards the end of the book, we see the mysterious man heading toward Trixie, the girl who likes to play in her backyard with dolls. So there's like this this feeling that something is going to happen. Yeah. And, and they kind of reference that as like a ticking clock. So what would you say is the ticking clock in Ghost 19? I kind of surmised it as like the ticking clock in regards to the pull of good versus evil and so like it was like almost like ticking down like could Jin be strong enough to solve what was going on here or was she gonna get pulled into that house like fully because she already couldn't leave Mm -hmm. so that that was kind of what I was leaning towards I'm not sure if that's exactly what the question was asking but that's how I viewed the answer yeah. I kind of felt like it was the mysterious man. That he was I mean, the at clock. the end, it is this thing. Like, she feels like she has to get out of that house to save Trixie. Mm-hmm. Because the mysterious man is targeting Trixie next. Yeah. So, like, with that in mind, and with your idea of this good and evil balance, what do you think would have happened if she had not been able to get out of the house? I feel like it's kind of the idea, and I don't mean to, like, pull it back to The Shining, but it's where, like, the evil of a upsetting can overtake you. So in The Shining, we saw mm-hmm. the Overlook Hotel overtake Jack. Here, I feel like it would have overtaken mm-hmm. Jin in some way. So I maybe it would have just ended up killing her, and she would have just, like, died in the house, and her spirit would have been, like, brought into that evil um, and then the, the crime would have never been solved. So I feel like that's maybe what would have happened was trying to like take her over. And that's like when she was trying to leave, like she was actively getting sick because just like all the evil in that house, which that 
for mm-hmm. anyone, I guess, if you want, like, a quick summation, it was that the original owner of the house had ended up murdering Trixie, the girl next door. So, mm-hmm. Jin was... So, Trixie her. was a ghost herself. Yes. Yeah. And so... And Trixie was buried in that house. And so Jin was able to piece that together and let the detective know. And they were able to solve this cold case. Yeah. And that's how we know that if Jeanette had not been able to escape and if she had been captured by the house or murdered by this mysterious man, that that would have been unsolved because Trixie's case was unsolved for so long. Yes. Yeah. Even though she was literally like buried in the basement. And then I think... It's terrifying. I don't think I could ever own a house that has a basement. <laughs> well, I feel like, especially living in North... <laughs> Too many scary things happen in basements. <laughs> yeah. Up north, it's pretty common to have a basement, so... I know. I know. It's pretty common, like, right around where I live, too. A lot of the houses have, like, a lower floor because it's, like, hilly. Mm. So, like, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I couldn't do it in, like, the stereotypical sense of a basement being, like, a root cellar with one door and no no, no. windows. No, I could not. Like, it would have to have so many windows. My my (laughs) Multiple exits. (laughs) My cousin Charlie in his first house, I think it was his first house that he owned, um, it had a root cellar. And I remember, like, being there, like, when he moved in and, like, they showed it to me and I was like, absolutely not. Like, I cannot be right here. Not for me. It just feels not right. (laughs) Yeah. Totally right. So, this was it. This was a wrap-up of spooky season. We hope everyone had fun with it. Yeah. Happy Halloween, you guys. We didn't say that at the beginning. Oh, yeah, happy Halloween. It is Halloween today. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we should have dressed <laughs> up for this. That was a, a fail. Oh, we should have put on costumes. <laughs> wow. I guess we missed it. We're spooky enough as we are, I think. <laughs> for sure. So in our next episode, we're going to be discussing, at least very anticipated for us, A Touch of Chaos by Scarlett St. Clair. And for a reminder of where we left off with the previous book, the Titans have been released from Tartarus, which is where we left Persephone, and Hades has been captured by the demigods that are trying to overthrow the Olympians. So everything's in flux. How are they going to find each other again? We don't know. We don't know. Need this book. And I think that'll be a really fun um, transition from spooky season because I feel like mythology kind of I feel like can tie in a little bit. So it'll be a good transition. And it's a, hopefully a more romance. Yeah, it will be, I'm sure. So it is Scarlet Sinclair. So definitely <laughs> pivoting, but we hope everyone enjoyed spooky season and we hope you enjoyed your, our conversation here today. For this one, I'm just going to keep it basic. If you like this one, it is Halloween. Leave us a ghost. Leave us a pumpkin. Leave us whatever you want for Halloween. Yeah, give us a bat. Yeah. We hope give us everyone a had a lot of fun. What are Halloween things? <laughs> <laughs> we hope maybe you had fun listening into this, or maybe you're reading a spooky book tonight, because I can't think of a better night to be reading a spooky book. No, definitely not. And thank you no so much night. for listening in with us. We hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll speak with you soon. Bye. Bye.